This podcast is a publication of the Engineering Management Institute, where we build professional development systems to help engineers and their firms grow. You can now download our recently published AE Industry Trends Report, which contains answers to the following questions. How long will the great resignation last? Are firms still allowing remote work and how is it affecting their productivity? How are successful firms using data to create people-centric cultures? You can find answers to these questions and more in our latest report, which you can download at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. Welcome to this episode of the Structural Engineering Channel, a podcast focused on helping structural engineering professionals stay up to date on technical trends in the field and to help them to succeed in their careers and lives. I'm your host, Matt Picardle, and in this episode, I'm talking to Alistair Sohn, Principal Consultant at Collaborative Reporting for Safer Structures, or CROSS. We interviewed Alistair way back on episode eight, where he talked about CROSS UK and CROSS International and how the program is providing immense value to structural engineers all over the world. And in this episode, we invited him back to talk about some of the latest developments of CROSS, including its expansion into fire safety. Now let's jump into our conversation of the week with Alistair. Before we dive in, we'd like to recognize our sponsor for this episode, PPI, a leader in engineering exam prep for the PE structural exam. PPI provides expert prep courses and study resources designed to help you pass the PE structural exam the first time. PPI's PE structural course is fully updated and taught with October 2021 code references and includes new editions of their PE structural books. PPI's live online courses include hours of lectures, problem-solving demonstrations, exam strategy sessions, office hours, and a passing guarantee. Check out PPI today at ppi2pass.com to see all the resources available for PE structural exam prep. Now let's dive into today's episode. Alistair, welcome to the show. I know we entered you way back in episode eight where you talked about Cross UK and Cross International. Thanks so much for joining us again. My pleasure to be here and, and congratulations on the progress you've made since then. Thanks so much. For our listeners that might not have listened to that episode and that maybe aren't aware, can you explain to us a little bit more about yourself and the work that you do? I'm a registered structural engineer who spent a career designing and constructing buildings of many types. I've always had an interest in safety, ranging from uh, safety at sports grounds, such as soccer stadia, interest in tall buildings, and uh, large chemical processing plants. So, a wide experience. I was a CEO of a firm of consulting engineers in the UK. And after retiring from that in 2005, I was asked to set up a trial for confidential reporting on behalf of two major engineering institutions. And that was the beginning of CROSS. Can you talk about what CROSS stands for and uh, what motivated you to get involved with the CROSS program? The predecessor of CROSS was founded in the UK in 1976, way back then, to highlight structural safety in the wake of several high-profile failures, both of buildings and bridges. Now, one of these was called Ronan Point in London, when a small gas explosion near the top of a 22-story building caused a progressive collapse and that was the first time the term was used, of the precast walls and floors. Now, CROSS has developed considerably since then, 
The name now stands for Collaborative Reporting for Safer Structures. We collect reports from professional engineers about safety concerns or occurrences which they have experienced. We strip out all personal details which might identify a person, including the reporter, or an organization or a project. And then the report is reviewed by our team of volunteer experts who give advice about how others can learn from and benefit from the reported concern or occurrence. So these panel members are volunteers. We never blame anybody, but we give advice that will help others to avoid the same or similar problems. We then go through a legal process to make sure we don't get into any trouble or the reporter doesn't get into any trouble. And these reports and comments are published on our website and in our newsletters. We'll post that website too. So it's essentially, for the engineers that don't know, it's a reporting system that basically would help out the structural engineering industry because you can remain anonymous. I'm going to put out an example out there and let me know if it's correct or whatnot. For example, maybe there's an error with the software, the structural engineering software, and they want to report it, but they want to remain anonymous. Is that a good example? Or are there any other examples that you can think of off the top of your head? We've got lots of examples. We've got a big database. But the software one is very good, and it's very relevant because we do get reports about software. A reporter has got to give us their name. We don't accept anonymous reporters. But once we know that the reporter is genuine and we've talked to them, then we will strip their name out of the process. So that never gets used. The name of the software product would not get used. So it becomes a generic issue. And we will say, for example, there is a concern about the way in which a certain software designs certain types of structure. And we would just advise people on checking and validation methods to avoid that issue. Last time we spoke, I know implementation of CROSS in the United States was still in its initial stages. Uh, how has CROSS expanded and how has it developed throughout the U.S. Uh, now? I'm glad you asked that because CROSS is firmly established in the United States uh, under the auspices of the American Society of Civil Engineers. They've published uh, three newsletters so far and are coming up for another one later in the summer. But it's found, as expected, many of the issues are common to both CROSS in the US and CROSS the UK and in our other region, which is CROSS Australasia. So the database concerns reports from all three regions. A good example of cooperation was an alert which we published on the 2018 uh, Florida Bridge Collapse, which I think you've got an illustration of. And that was written by jointly by experts in the US and the UK for the benefit of designers and, and constructors. There's also, by the way, an excellent presentation on the subject on YouTube. So that was a good example of joint collaboration. Another very important aspect of work in the United States, with which we are slightly linked, is the most significant for engineering investigation in the world currently is being carried out by NIST on the Champlain Towers collapse at Surfside last year. Now, this is being jointly led by two distinguished engineers who happen to be XCOM members of Cross US. And when their findings and recommendations are published in due course, these will be of great importance to all concerned about building safety. But just to be clear, CROSS have no part in the investigation, but the status of these leaders is a measure of the standing of our colleagues in CROSS US. That's one of the unfortunate things about structural engineering is when you hear about those collapses, but I think that shows the importance of CROSS where a lot of lessons can be learned from these mistakes and it can be more clearly shared through it. I think as structural engineers, unfortunately, we don't want to see those infamy during those collapses, but sharing our knowledge throughout with each other, I think that's one of the ways that we can 
definitely help prevent some of these major failures or collapses and mistakes. Yeah, it's a, it's a very powerful tool in the armory of, of structural engineers to safeguard the public and also to safeguard themselves. Cross has also recently expanded into fire safety. What are some of the benefits of this and how and why did uh, Cross kind of go into this fire safety aspect? One of the worst fire disasters in recent years was in London when the Grenfell Tower burned down in 2017 and 72 people perished. Now, there were two inquiries from that. One, a legal inquiry into what went wrong and why it went wrong. And the second being a report into what should be done to prevent such a tragedy happening again. And just a bit of background. This was an older concrete frame building with solid external walls. And the decision had been made by the owners, a local authority, to insulate it and cover the insulation with thin sandwich cladding panels for protection and to enhance the appearance. And it transpired that the insulation was flammable and the cladding was highly flammable. So when a small fire started in the kitchen, it spread very rapidly up the outside and the whole building was completely engulfed. And the report which said what should be done in future included a recommendation after we had been interviewed by the team writing the report that CROSS should be expanded in terms of structural safety and extended into fire safety. So the result was we got increased funding, we got new systems, new staff, and a new website. And the fire safety system operates in the same way as structural safety, and we have an expert panel of advice on fire reports that we're now getting. I can illustrate some fire reports if you'd like. Yeah, sure. Some of the fire reports have deal with very complex topics, uh, and a lot of work is required to ensure that we give the appropriate answers. But a subject of concern at the moment is fires in lithium-ion batteries. Those are the type used in cars and, and other electric vehicles. They're not particularly prone to go on fire, but when such a battery gets damaged by an impact, say, the subsequent fire exhibits jetting behavior, and we have an illustration of that, and that may set fire to its surroundings. They're also extremely difficult to surround, uh, to extinguish, and the fire may flare up again after a considerable period. This is not a major problem at present, but what will it be like when the number of battery-powered vehicles increases as a consequence of climate change mitigation measures? We're going to have very many more of them. There will be many more fires. And that's just one example. We have others to do, for example, with possibility of fires in very tall cross-laminated timber buildings. That's the type of building you have in, in the USA, of course. And some of our reporters are concerned that fires in such tall buildings may burn to such a degree that they collapse before the residents can escape. So we published a couple of reports on those. The problem is small at the moment, but it may increase as the number of timber buildings increases, again, as a use of climate change pressure to use more sustainable resources. As you're saying, there is a lot of pressure on the industry to be more sustainable. That is a concern for maybe those that aren't too familiar with the materials, and they're asking if all these wood structures are, because when you think of wood, if you don't know too much about it, you'll think fire. So that's one of the things, especially as the, that building material is rising, one of the things that I think the public is going to be more aware of or might be a concern to. And like you're saying, same thing with the R structures, how we're responsible for the building safety of the public. I was talking to a fire consultant, a colleague of mine, and he did bring up that tower where the facade did catch on fire and how big of a deal it was and the lessons they learned from it. Those are the type of things that saves lives. 
even if it's not really structural, the fire affects our structure and things that we can do to help mitigate those risks, I think is a very important part of it. Getting a bit technical, we're now starting to think of fire in a building as a load on the building structure, not just as a separate event. It, is, it can be part of the same event. Now, as yet, there's no fire section within Cross US, but there is an interest from fire engineers in your country, and we hope that some progress will be made in that direction in the not-too-distant future. Speaking about the future, what does the future hold for Cross and building safety? In the UK, as a consequence of Grenfell, there is going to be a new regulatory regime for buildings, and it's going to start with residential buildings uh, taller than 18 metres. And there's going to be a systematic regulatory approach to prevent serious fires and structure. One of the biggest problems that we've got are the many thousands of existing buildings, which will have to be inspected over a period of years and assessed. So Cross is helping with others to advise on what safety case regime should be for assessing many existing buildings. So that's part of our future, is looking into the past, being involved in safety cases, And this will extend, again, in the UK by law, the new building safety regulator has got to have a mandatory reporting system for certain classifications of defects and a voluntary reporting system for the rest. And we are working with a regulator on both of those systems. Those are the main points about our future, getting involved in things which are going wrong, identifying big issues, and giving advice to help resolve them. A further example, if I might give to you, is... uh, product called Reinforced Autoclaved Aerated Concrete, R-A-A-C for short. And this is a form of lightweight concrete, which was commonly used on the roofs of buildings such as hospitals and schools uh, in the UK and other parts of Europe in the 60s to 80s. So these buildings are 40 to 60 years old now. And we have an image of a hospital with part of the roof from inside being propped up. In 2018, at Cross, we had a report of a sudden failure of a roof plank in a school. So we published an alert. And as a consequence, more reports were received. A forum was established within the Institution of Structural Engineers for interested parties to share their knowledge. A cross-government body was set up to coordinate matters between government departments. It has now been discovered that there is a very major issue here. Many hundreds of buildings will require remediation and replacement, and the cost over the years will be very many millions of dollars. So going back to the picture of the hospital, who wants to lie on a hospital bed, or even worse, be in an operating theatre, surrounded by props? That's a good example of something which started off from a single report to Cross, which has identified a major issue, which is involving large organisations, vast sums of money, in order to safeguard the public. And for our viewers uh, that are practicing structural engineers, how can they implement CROSS or get involved with CROSS and how can CROSS help them to prevent structural failures? You can get involved in CROSS. I think you've got details there of how to do it. It is logging onto a website or, or scanning a code. And a very important point about CROSS is everything is free. No cost for everybody. It is paid for by the professional institutions and a certain amount of grant money. When you log on, all we require is your name, your email address, and whether you're interested in Cross US, Cross UK, or Cross Australasia. I recommend getting involved in all three because that means you will get emails whenever a newsletter or alert is published in any of the regions, so you'll keep up to date. 
how can we prevent structural failures? We're just going to continue doing what we do best, and that's providing evidence-based advice backed by expert commentary to improve the culture of safety. We've had lots of positive feedback on this. The lessons that are being learned within the industry are both appreciated and wanted. One other, going back to uh, after talking about the hospital with a propped roof, there is an image of, of a building called Piper's Row. And that is the, a car park roof which collapsed in the UK quite a long time ago. But it was sudden, it was sheer failure in a flat slab. I would like to say that we have got a theme here coming through for older concrete buildings with structural safety issues. We've got the Ronan Point one we started with, the progressive collapse. We've got this Piper's Row with sudden failure of an old concrete slab. We've got RAAC planks. And now we've got Champlain Towers, as well as many others in engineering archives. And only today I saw a news statement from somewhere in the UK, so part of a parking garage collapsing. No injuries, fortunately, but sudden and so far unexplained collapse. One of our themes for the future is looking at older concrete buildings and what safety issues might there be within them. Could you also talk about Piper's Row? I know that was one of the studies that crossed it. Piper's Row is the name of a car park in England. The roof deck of this failed suddenly one night. Fortunately, there was nobody underneath. It was a flat slab construction, and it was a sudden failure without any warning signs. And the investigation showed that there were issues with the design, with the detailing, with the construction, and with the maintenance over the years. But it was an example of an older concrete building failing after many years of apparently successful use which brings us to the theme of there may be an issue with older buildings in, in many ways, which we need to identify in order to prevent further failures. How does Cross report on those? I'm just curious. So if they did the study on that, then I'm assuming our listeners can go on Cross and look up that report and learn what the lessons were learned for that? We didn't actually do the report on Piper's Row. That was in the public domain. But we do refer to Piper's Row in various of our reports as an example of something which happened. We don't carry out investigations ourselves. We report on the work of others. And if something is in the public domain, such as the uh, Florida Bridge Collapse or Piper's Row or Grenfell Tower, we follow up on that, but we don't initiate the forensic investigations. That's not our role. To end off here, do you have any final advice for engineers? I do, and it is to look after both the public and yourselves. Attorneys talk about war stories, about those which are involved in failures. So there's not only the victims, but there is great misery to those who might have been involved as engineers or others. So it's very important to take all precautions against being on the wrong side of a court case, be it uh, criminal or civil. So it is for your benefit as an engineer to take care of your own well-being by making sure what you do is done within your limitations to the best of your ability. And keeping out of trouble in this way will help you sleep better. Thanks so much, Alistair. I uh, appreciate you coming back on and sharing the progress that Cross has been doing. Yeah, thanks so much for joining us again after a lot of episodes. Definitely appreciate it. Oh, great to talk to you again, Matt, and then come back in another couple of years and we'll pick up on the story again. Sounds great. Thank you very much indeed.
hope you enjoyed the episode today. We'd love to hear your feedback, comments, and or questions. To leave them, please visit structuralengineeringchannel.com. There you'll find a summary of the key points discussed in today's episode, which is episode number 84, as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books mentioned during this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Until next time, we wish you the best in all of your structural engineering endeavors. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to download the latest version of our AE Industry Trends Report to get answers to the questions that you want to ask your staff, but you may be afraid to do so. How long will the great resignation last? How long should you allow employees to work remotely? And how are successful firms using data to grow sustainably for the long term? You can learn the answers to these questions and more by downloading the report at engineeringmanagementinstitute.com dot org.